Coming to you live from Florida, here comes Austin Washington, my fantabulous guest from I Kiss Alcohol Goodbye. What's up? Number nine. What's up? Austin, what's going on today? So you got this robo leg, you had this <laughs> surgery, you're in like number eight out of 10 pain. Oh, and yeah. Tell us how you're dealing with that without the booze. Um, Basically, just lots of Advil and um, a little bit of Vicodin. I am, I have to take it, but without the booze, without, like when the doctor, they were like, oh, you can't drink for 24 hours. And I was like, well, I don't drink anyway. <laughs> so that was nice, you know, but I've just been trying to take it easy, lay, lay here. I look a mess, but. Oh, that's fine. What are okay. talking about? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You look fabulous. Thank you, thank you. This is Absolutely. my bed so sheet got lots right of now. Love coming through the uh, through the chat here. So, so yeah. Hey, Aaron says hi. We've got Al joining. Uh, we oh my gosh, all these people! I'm gonna wave at you, Maria or Mariani. I don't know if it, I probably just butchered your name. Sorry. How fun to tell a doctor you don't drink anyways is what Jennifer says. Facts. That, so share that with with the people who are watching right now because you shared that with us with our Instagram chat group. But tell us the story of you in post-op or whatever and and what you told your doc yeah they woke i woke up and i woke up crying of course because i always wake up crying from anesthesia but she gave me my instructions and was like yeah just just don't drink for 24 hours don't you know take it easy don't don't drink don't go out or anyone and i'm like i don't drink anyway so don't worry about it <laughs> it, feels, it felt really great to say that just to let you know let them know like yeah i don't do that anyway <laughs> it's, it's amazing is it and people are like what you don't drink what do you mean you don't drink yeah like, literally why, what do you mean like why, why does it have to be like that that makes no sense yeah i hate that as well like people look like i look at you like you're crazy when you say it but it's like hey, yeah. sorry i don't want to ingest ethanol right now i'm not gonna go stick my mouth on the end of a gas gas thing <laughs> why would you know what i mean like that doesn't make me feel better yeah, I don't put toxic things in my body. So, like, why? Exactly. But alcohol is not toxic. It's been around forever. The cavemen drank it and stuff. You were telling us about that, right? Like, you Yeah, I actually wrote project. about that in my um, my research paper, the one that I was, like, super worried about. But um, I'm going to send you a copy of it so you can read it, too. Oh, I can't I, wait to read it. It'll be great. Yeah, I, uh, I have a link to it, and I'll, I'll send a link to it. Um, but, yeah, it's – they literally – this was actually – they've been – Drink, they, there's like in the records from 10,000 years ago showing that these people uh, like you know early humans uh, were drinking alcohol and using you know other intoxicants just because they what they watched animals do it and they were like hmm that looks fun let me try that so you know how it ended up so how much water have you been drinking? Because on at the end of episode nine, I said, hey, what's your favorite mocktail? What's your favorite non-alcoholic drink? And you said water. Water. So tell us what's your favorite mocktail? How much water have you had lately? I usually drink about a gallon a day. I try um, because I am one of those chronically thirsty people. I'm always thirsty. But now it's kombucha. Okay. I'm actually a brew doctor, um, clear mind kombucha right now. But the one I had the other day at the beach, it was like 221 BC, something like that. That one's really good. It was like a um, lavender, excuse me, lavender something. It was Ooh, so good. Yeah, lavender in a kombucha. It was so good. I'll yeah, it's in my my reel. You can see it in my reel. Okay. It was so delicious, and I think that's that's now my favorite. I'm gonna buy a whole bunch of them because they were two for five at Publix. So that's oh, good. I awesome, awesome, awesome. So like, tell us about uh, what? Oh God, I'm brain fart i'm trying to stall because i was thinking of something and i forgot i did the adhd thing which you understand why. tell us about ooh, 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 let's pump the let's pump episode number 11 because this is episode 10 and a half this is yeah. a bonus episode that i just decided to do on the fly today but tell us what's coming up on sunday i'm super glad you got on here and you came on camera first oh yeah hey but yeah um uh sunday may 1st 7 p.m we're doing a Ladies Roundtable Part 2 with Millennials. It's going to be me, Brittany from Sober in Boston, and our friend Anna. And it's going to be lit. It's <laughs> so going to be nice. dope. It's yeah, gonna we're going to talk nice. about what this blackout culture. Nikita. Sorry, keep going, keep going. <laughs> we're going to talk about blackout culture and how 
in millennials it's like we all kind of just drink to get super just blacked out just you know but yeah this one's for nikita so yeah yeah that's right it's gonna be fetchy litty dope nikita oh yeah just for you you're making fetch happen i had to coin that term so i did so i take full like copyright you know infringement i'll sue you if you use but no i'm just kidding everyone should use that term because i love it i i'm bringing for i I, I'm bringing cool back for the 42 year olds by hosting all you youngsters. And so I'm going to coin, I'm going to coin some memeable terms. That's one of my goals for this year in sobriety to like get something to go viral with a meme that, that my old ass made up. It'll be awesome. I got you. I can, I'll boost your, your memeness, but I mean, <laughs> I'll to the three people that watch my videos and stuff, but. Hey, it's all good. I like, I I'm with you. I think I've got, I, I was looking on my podcast hosting website. I got like 22 regular listeners. I'm like, yeah, I'm crushing it, baby. Yeah. It's all good. And I've We're made five cents with my ads. Yes. Yeah. Killing it. Straight up. That's, that's progress. You know, just every little step is something to be proud of. And every little step that you take while you're not drinking or being a drunk dumbass, you know, Hey, <laughs> Sober, sober dumbass. That's what I call myself, you know? Sober dumbass. That, that's one that I'm so, I bet there is somebody out there with that Instagram handle. It's, there's got to be. Sober dumbass. And, yeah, and not- I totally stole so, talk sober to me from somebody. I think, I think there is a talk. So I apologize for whoever's copyright I have infringed by stealing that very, very clever title for this. Um, yeah. Oh, so, so Aaron says, you, yeah, you already had me Gen X. haha. That's right. Well, it's like Carrie and I are the 42 year olds and we're like right on the tipping point. Like if you're a 1980 baby, then you're like right there. And my wife is turning. Oh, I'm not supposed to say how old she's turning. My wife is a couple years younger than I am, but she is like, right, even in a 1982 baby, like we, we just, we're all like right there on the edge. So we kind of get millennials and we kind of don't. And I think the military was part of me feeling like, oh, those damn millennials, they're a bunch of, they're a bunch of ladies, yeah, which, is, which is not true. Uh, millennials are <laughs> drowning in student debt and drowning in, you know, like all these expectations that these, uh, that our forebears have laid out for us. I mean, I know misery. what that pressure is like. And so, it's you know, you're doing college now and you've, you know, tell us about, tell us about that. Yes, I am in college. I think I'm like right on the line of Gen X and or Gen Z and uh, millennials because I'm 97. But I mean, I still count myself as a millennial pretty much. But I am in college right now. I'm online. So it's a little bit easier for me because I don't have to leave my room. My, my office cool. is. <laughs> but it's definitely like in the school that I go to, I go to a hippie school in Iowa. It's Maharishi um, International University. So it's like very like hippie like we're all vegetarians and all that kind of crazy stuff i'm vegan but so and so it's it's pretty easy for me now in this school but if i was going to the school that i was going to when i first graduated from high school it would be a lot worse like i would definitely (laughs) still yeah because like with this like we're meditating twice a day and we're you know eating healthy and like a lot of our classes center around a healthy lifestyle and stuff so doing that and still you know doing what i was doing was like i felt like such a hypocrite so it helped me get out of that, you know, like, what am I doing kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So. Well, like, let's say, hey, let's get some questions here in the chat or somebody else hop in here. There's five of you out there. Somebody needs to, like, request to come on camera with us. Don't be bad. Right? Don't be, don't be shy. Look at me. Don't I'm be all... shy. Come Best. on. Austin describes herself as an introvert and look at her. I mean, I don't think she's an introvert, but she describes oh. herself that way. So I will honor oh. that. I absolutely am. I'm literally like the sh- like most introverted. Like I haven't left my house besides to get my surgery in like going on s- almost six weeks, like since I quit drinking pretty much. I left like once and then I went to the beach like last uh, on Saturday, but I don't need to leave the house. I have all my friends in my phone. I go. got, oh, why would I leave my house? <laughs> you know what That's I mean? That's right. Especially with the Peloton posse. Oh yeah. See, Aaron says you are not an introvert. Yeah, I, I agree, Aaron. Like, but, and especially in, <laughs> you're at least not a chat introvert because, oh my oh, God, like, you're like the life of the Peloton posse party in our yeah. Instagram group. And shout out to Elmer, who is the namesake of that group. Elmer, we love you. I think he just hit 100 days sober. Oh, yeah. So, hello, my oh, man, Mr. Elmer. I want to have him on the podcast and I need to ask him about that. So, no pressure, Elmer. I'm only like prepping you now on this. <laughs> totally calling you out. Hopefully, you're all right with that. Oh my god! So, so Austin, help me, help me here. We got, we got six people live. 
right now. What do you want to say to these six people who are listening, the five other people that are on there other than me? Tell us something about your sobriety, about how you're dealing with all that pain. Maybe you already said this, but say it again. My ADHD forgot it. So like, how are you dealing with that pain without thinking, man, I really wish I could chase this bike with the, you know, whatever. Facts. I just think of it as I already feel like garbage. So like, I don't want to feel more like garbage, you know? Like, so I'm going to have my kombucha and have my little water or whatever. And that's, that's that. I feel like if I were to try to drown it out more with alcohol and mixing it with pain medication, don't think that's a good idea. But, oh, um, Aaron, are you worried about taking the pain pills? I personally am not worried about it just because I've never had a, I don't like the feeling that it gives me. Um, so I personally am not worried about it. Um, but it just all depends on your own, you know, your own thing. But now that my mindset is different and Aaron, you're, you're days ahead of me, I think. So I think you should, you know, like, just think about that too. Cause me, I'm just doing, I just take them because I physically, ca I can't function if I don't, I feel like ass. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> like right now I feel like ass. My, my knee hurts really bad, but, um, and I just took more medicine like an hour ago. So I'm not worried about it because I know myself better, you know, especially now I just, I know what I need to do and what I should be doing rather than what I could do. Like right now I could just pop that whole bottle if I wanted to, but I don't want to because I already feel like crap. So, okay. and it's taking the pain away and that's good. You know, that's all I need. Cool. Yeah. What, what other questions we got out in there in chat? Help, help me. This help me with this impromptu podcast. People. I did zero preparation. <laughs> I literally just came in from, so like I'll, I'll talk about this for a minute to stall while somebody thinks of a question for Austin or for me or for whatever, um, or somebody just wants to hop on and just start talking sober. Like, I, I'm out in the backyard with our three sons. We took kind of a chill homeschool day. The youngest had an eye doctor appointment this morning. And so when I got back from that, I'm like, you know what, guys, let's just do math today and call, and call it good. Um, oh, Aaron, great question. I'll get to that in a minute. So we went out back and we're yes. like starting to clear out area for this pool that we bought. Last summer, we bought a you know, a pool that you, you fill up and it's sort of like, like, just like kind of, I don't know, whatever you call it. And so it was good, but it wasn't really super deep and it wasn't really big enough. Our boys are growing like crazy. And then you got me who's, I don't know, when you put the four of us in a pool that was only like 10 feet across, it wasn't big enough. So we ordered, like I got on the other day and didn't realize I had ordered the 18 foot pool which is so, and while we're out there trying to like clear out ground for it or try to level out the ground, I, um, the FedEx truck pulled up. And so I ran around there and helped the, the guys. I was like, guys, just leave it where it's at. Cause I work at an Amazon XL warehouse and I unload boxes like this all the time. They're like, are you sure? I'm oh like, I'll get the dolly. It's cool. So we wheel it around back and I'm like, oh my God, I bought the 18 foot one. So I'm out there like, like getting all the sod up and stuff. <laughs> so literally probably three minutes before I went live here, I was out and covered in dirt with the boys and now they're having their afternoon screen time and we're chilling. Um, and so Aaron has asked a couple of great questions. Thank you, Aaron. While yes. I point my, my dirt filled fingernail at the camera. That's right. That's uh, yeah, we're looking cute today. Going sober. I'll let Austin go first on that and then I'll, and then I'll piggyback. My favorite thing about since going sober is non hungover weekends. Yeah. Non hungover every day, but not especially Sundays. Cause I, you know, used to work nights, I wouldn't wake up until 2.30 in the afternoon. So now I wake up on Sunday mornings and I have breakfast with my grandparents every Sunday. And it's like the nicest thing ever because I wake up and I'm like full of energy and ready to eat and have a morning chat and everything before. If anybody tried to talk to me before 3, 4 p.m., I'd cuss them out. So nice. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely my favorite thing. Not I would say, oh, sorry, I talked over you. Keep going. Good. No, I'm done. That was it. Okay, cool. So like, uh, and I'm just waiting for my internet to die. It's this is like the cleanest feed I've had on an IG live so far. I'm so happy. Like I, I'm on, I'm on Pink Cloud Nine right now. Um, favorite thing since going sober, at the risk of sounding super cheesy, it's it's all of you. I mean, it's just been fantastic to make so many friends who really are family. And you know, in the army, we had this expression, um, or it was like a meme before a meme was called a meme. I think it was just a a fridge magnet or something we saw at somebody's house one time it says the army where your where your family are like friends and your fan and your friends are like family and that's kind of what it's been for us 
in civilian life is we just we moved home to be closer to to my family and and just it it was a lot different than when we uh just came home to visit for a week in the summer and a week in around christmas and mm -hmm. so it's been oh god aaron said odd duck <laughs> uh that's it so um, I think my, my favorite thing has just been finding community of like-minded people, people who accept me for who I am, who I really feel like I can just be myself around all of you. And when I have a good day, it's great. When I have a bad day, people rally around me and I just am able to hopefully do that for other people. Her second question was, uh, let's see, how do you deal with the naysayers? And, and I know what Austin's going to say, but... <laughs> You say it anyway, Austin. Go ahead and say it. Um, I say basically, number one, mind your business. <laughs> number two, <coughs> my, you know, I just tell people like, especially yeah, the naysayers. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go, you know, or the people that be trying to talk talk me into it. Oh, just wondering. Come on, you can, you know, like yeah. say, it up, you know what I mean. Leave people alone, especially the people that are like, oh, but they're, you know, wine's good for your heart and all this stuff. No, it's not. Like, do you need me to? Yeah. <laughs> I have links in my notes app. I can send you a link right now and you can read that link. I just basically, you know, but um, my answer to everything is mind your business. So it's not helpful, but it works. I it's thought she was going to give the GFY response. I'm trying to keep it like, at oh, least. That, yeah, yeah. GFY. that GFY. works, <laughs> but definitely mind your business in GFY and that that's, that's it. That pretty much, that pretty much, uh, yeah, sums it up. Who else out there in chat land? Um, welcome, Marathon to Sobriety. Love your posts. I'm trying to get back into running. So I ran like 5K on the track in the gym last Friday with the boys. And oh my God, like that's the first time I've run a 5K not on a treadmill in a while. <laughs> so I was like limping around all weekend. I'm like, 5K used to be nothing. And now I'm old and I haven't run in a long time. I've just been swimming. I'm training for a short triathlon. So in September. I mean, it's like a 400 meter swim, a 12 mile bike and a 5k. So I'm, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing to keep my, to give myself a goal in the intermediate in the future to strive towards, to distract myself from, um, any sort of early sobriety desires for alcohol. Um, so, um, <laughs> Aaron says, run. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree I with Aaron. You're yeah. crazy. I can't even imagine run. Well, I can't imagine running not injured, but I, I can't even like the thought of running right now makes me feel sick. I'm like, Ugh. like even Ugh. <laughs> wait, like when you said three or five k, I was like, nope. I think it's true. It's <laughs> in my mouth. No, it's good. No, I mean I've run a couple of marathons and I think a few half marathons, and they're 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 hard. I mean, like, yeah, my first marathon was the Marine Corps marathon in DC in 2011. And I mean, I hit the wall. The wall. People talk about the wall, man, I hit it at 20. I, it was brutal. Like my, my mile times were going, like I was, I was hitting my splits. I was beating them. And then, oh my God, I hit 20 and it was like eight minute mile. Then it was like a nine minute mile. Then it was a 10 minute mile. I was like, oh, it's like totally trudging along. It was good. Give me another question. Somebody else out there in chat land who if nobody else is coming on camera with us because you're either at work or you're being bashful you gotta throw a question in the chat help us out come on we're trying to stall here until we've got our meeting on reframe in 38 minutes so our daily zoom check okay aaron says have either or one of you been on your pink cloud and then fallen off i think i just did so Austin, tell us what the pink cloud is first and answer that and then I'll follow up with and then I'll. So the pink cloud for me, at least, is like that just feeling of pure bliss of everything around you is so great. And you want to walk up to the person that gives you your coffee and tell them that they are free and they can live any way that they want to. And everything is so beautiful and you love <laughs> outside and you watch the little blades of grass moving and you're like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and everything is just beautiful and great and I can tell you that I'm I was on a little bit of a pink cloud but at the same time I'm kind of blissful about life anyway now I always like since I started doing transcendental meditation that's a whole nother thing but I have been kind of like high on life but the the pink cloud thing is definitely something that you can fall off of hard. And it happened to me the first time that I tried to get, well, not the first time I tried to get sober, but the last time, bef well, the last real time I was sober for about a month. Um, and that was when my friend sadly he passed away after coming to see me at my work. And he, uh, somebody pulled out in front of him on his bike and he passed away. No, I didn't want to uh. get sad. 
So I went sober for uh, like a, a month or so. And then I, that pink cloud hit me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm so great. And then, you know, about that month, after about a month, I was like, this sucks and I'm drinking. And then I went to work and I started drinking again, but you can definitely fall off of it. And it, I think it honestly lasts about like the first month, month and a half. And then like Aaron was saying, like uh pause, basically like the, uh, withdrawal symptoms and stuff it just it, your brain is still adjusting you know and like your brain will have to adjust and the pink cloud thing is kind of like a side effect of your body getting used to itself again and then you start feeling all those feet like this then not negative feelings because i don't like to classify feelings that way but the less desirable feelings come back because yeah. your chemistry is coming back and it, it's normal you know like you will fall off but you'll you'll get back on it'll come back yeah. And um, I want to say welcome to Matt Gardner, who just joined um, recoveryroadmap.me. I had a great time being on his podcast. Uh, he interviewed me the other day. I am interviewing him him next week for I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye, episode number 12, which will follow episode 11, which if you're just joining, uh, welcome to the Irish Sober Sisters. Thank you for joining. Um, if you are just joining the chat or you weren't here in the beginning, uh, we're going to have episode 11 of I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye this Sunday evening at 7 p.m. We'll be streaming it live on YouTube. And if I can get it to work on Instagram, too, I'm having some issues because electronics hate me. But, um, <laughs> I, I uh, again, we're going to talk about – we're going to have, uh, including Austin, uh, who you have here on your screen, uh, with a couple other ladies, one of whom has also appeared on my podcast, and then one who has been, like, one of the early super supporters – um, Anna and uh, Brittany are both going to be, they're both up in Beantown. So they're going to join. Uh, I'm here in Ohio and uh, Austin's down in Florida. So we'll be doing it. We'll be doing a little bit of an Eastern time sort of podcast there uh, after doing a, a trans, a trans lower 48 one this past week on episode 10, which was Gen X ladies. But we're going to be talking about with a few millennial ladies uh, of whom uh, Austin is one. We're going to talk about blackout culture and um, I just want to shout out, but before I forget, before my ADHD brain goes off on another tangent, um, yeah, Matt Gardner's podcast is fantastic. And Matt, you know, I listened to your first episode uh, with your first interview with Salim, and man, Salim's been through a lot of stuff, and it was really inspiring to hear how he's uh, persevered through so much. So Matt Gardner's podcast is called Beyond Recovery. <laughs> And um, I highly recommend it. Check it out. Um, I was honored to be his second guest. And again, his first episode with Salim is, is very inspiring. Salim's been through, he um, is an Indian kid who grew up in Australia and uh, was the only, he describes himself as the only little brown kid in, in an Australian school and had just a really, a lot of broken home issues and grew up getting picked on and all kinds of things and then descended into the depths of alcoholism and his adult life, but has gotten sober. And he's about a hundred someday sober right now. Awesome. Uh, and so, yeah, thank you all for, or thank you again, Matt, for hopping on here. So I could give you a quick shout out again, recover. Uh, that's recovery me here on Instagram. And he is, his podcast is called beyond recovery. He's up in Edmonton. Uh, fantastic that he's going to be my first non U S guest. And I would say international, but that's a very hubristic American thing to say, like we talked about on our last episode. So you will be my, you will help me fulfill, Matt. Thank you. My goal to be a worldwide podcast, as I say in the title. Anyway, I don't remember what the original question was that Aaron or somebody asked, and I was supposed to be answering. Oh, the pink cloud. So I'll say this in the middle. Yes. Shut up, let Austin um, talk again, or somebody can ask another question while I'm yakking. Um, the pink cloud has been uh, been very, very good to me so far, but I definitely am the kind of person who um, I'm not a, a you know, I, I'm not a manic depressive, but I'm definitely somebody who um, is higher highs and lower lows. And yeah, man, I'm bipolar, so, so I feel you. Quick, you know, like it can it can fall off quick. And even in my text group, um, one of my sober sisters that uh, there's several of us who text every day, like from from morning till night, we're texting to, to encourage each other and just keep each other posted on what's going on with life. And one of my sober sisters had said, um, you know, like, where did this come from? She's at 100 and some days. She's coming up on 150 days. And it just kind of hit her like, bam, mm -hmm. like, like, where did where did all these negative thoughts come from? And so that's kind of how it goes for me is I'll just have a day where I'm like, there's a if you scroll down my Instagram feed, the, the day where I shave my head. I've got this look and I got like bags under my eyes. I look like hell. And I was so sad that day. It was just, it was crap. 
So yeah. anyway, the pink cloud is wonderful while it lasts. Uh, but you know, I feel like it's, it's more me flying through, like if you're in a plane, you fly through the pink cloud and then you like, you open up, except it's the reverse, I guess. Like yeah. come out of the pink cloud into darkness instead yeah. of like into light or whatever. That was a horrible thing. So, um, yeah, somebody ask a question, uh, for us, uh, Matt, if you're still on here, man, ask something or, or hop on here and we can, you know, we can prelim your, uh, we can. We can pre-pump your uh, show or what, or my show with you next week, because uh, I'm super excited to hear Matt talk more about his uh, journey. Again, I'm Stalin. Somebody give me a question. Mimi Chella, 50. Thank you for joining. I hope I didn't say your name wrong. Mimi Chella, wonderful. Thank you for being here. Ask us a question, or you know, not. It's okay if you don't. I'm just yakking and stalling. We're just chatting away because I'm talking too much. Well, I did. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> shit excuse me i'll go back to <laughs> i got something there but i'll go back to real quick the pink cloud thing because i'm bipolar and um my it's managed really well like my medications are amazing and my doctor's amazing and i've been i got diagnosed like re kind of like within the last year or so i got diagnosed with or uh, bipolar when i they thought i was just depressed with uh, uh panic disorder and stuff like that but it turns out i've been bipolar this whole time oh wow and dealing with that while I was drinking was really hard because when you're drinking, it makes your medication not work properly. Mm. So I was like, I'm still depressed. Why do I feel like this? Blah, blah, blah. Because I was drinking a freaking bottle of vodka every day. So now that I don't drink, it's well controlled. Like I haven't had any, I haven't, I've had like two panic attacks in the past six and a half weeks or so, which is really good for me. Um, one of them was relating to my surgery and like the other one was just the whole it, like being sober is overwhelming you know so yeah. with you know if especially people that have mental health issues and struggles and stuff and you're on medication it's so important that you at least try to quit and at least try to put it down for a while and see how different you feel and it's it's like night and day like i feel like a normal person which is completely as a neurodivergent person that doesn't have a normal brain and doesn't function normally with ADD and bipolar and all these issues, not drinking has made me feel normal. Taking my meds every day as I'm prescribed, doing the things, you know, and that can help your pink cloud kind of stay and come back. But I definitely have felt it dropping out from underneath me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's some days I'd feel like crap and I just, I'm like, why am I even doing this? But then I remember, do I want to feel worse tomorrow about myself? Because mm -hmm. I will. Cause I'll pity myself for a week if I slip or something, but luckily I haven't had too many issues with that. Like, yeah. thank God. But that pink cloud, yeah. bitch. The but. other day when I had a bad day, speaking of the pink cloud, it's like, I, I felt like I had gone into the dark cloud and uh, it was in the afternoon. And I had like negative self-talk start and I was like mm -hmm. doing that. I always do this thing. Like mm -hmm. hard when I'm inside my head, like I start doing, I don't, I don't know what it is. And so I started doing that and I'm like, what is my deal? And I get home and I realize, shit, I didn't take my meds this morning because I think it was the day after I worked. I, I worked like one night a week at Amazon from 11 p.m. to 3 or 4 a.m. And so I think I had forgotten to take my meds either before I went to sleep or when I got up or whatever. And so I went, oh, duh, of course. And, and so it threw me off. But so it just goes to show like that. The meds are important, but you gotta like, it, you're gonna screw them up if you drink or if you don't take them. If you're like, ah, whatever, I won't take my naltrexone or whatever. I think I just take it for granted that naltrexone works because I've taken it almost every day for two years. And so I don't get a lot of physical cravings, but I, I mean, that's just one of my, one of my several meds. Like you talked about your, your big like um, group of or what, what did you say? You're like, oh, I got, you're like, I'm not one of those people. I've got all these meds over here. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like, they're all right here now, so I can reach them easy because I usually have them over there. But literally, there's like, there's like 12 bottles sitting right there. And people try to shame you for taking meds and doing all these things. And it's like, okay, do you want to, you want to see crazy? Because I'll show you. Because people don't believe that I have these issues because I take my meds and I'm so good with taking my meds and I'm sober and everything. People straight up are like, you don't need those. And then I'm like, Watch me. <laughs> right, right. You know, do you want to meet me without my meds? <laughs> yeah, you want to 
crazy because like luckily i've been on these and i haven't stopped taking them or anything but seriously well, literally i finally broke down like, and bought one of these i was like resisting it because i didn't want to be old and for our audio <laughs> listeners i'm holding up one of those pill <laughs> things it's got you know one for every day and i bought this sign with i never knew there was one with like morning and evening little slots. oh yeah and they're like color coded it's a nice rainbow and whatnot so like today is what thursday so i'm on light blue day and i actually remember to take my freaking meds and it's now exciting like here in front of my my computer so i don't forget when i whenever i wake up because my schedule can be a little goofy and now i remember to take my crap so that was 10 bucks on amazon to help me you know like keep going with the meds and keep them keep them solid and consistent because even just taking them at a different time of day i think you know can, yeah can screw me up yeah when I was on Effexor, if I was even like an hour late from taking it, it brain zaps. I was like, <laughs> like, it was awful. I couldn't, it, it felt like I was having like a mini seizure. It was horrible. Well, tell uh, me about this. Uh, let me ask you this question, Austin, because you are sure. one of the most like effusively positive people that I've ever met, along with Brittany, who we're going to, uh, we've been, we've all been group texting or chatting or whatever mm -hmm. with Anthony, who are coming on episode 11 this Sunday, but uh, and Anna is super positive and inspirational. But I, when I picture you having a panic attack, I picture you kind of like I said, I think I said this to Nikita when I interviewed her on episode three. And I said, you know, Nikita, when you have a bad, I picture you having a bad night, like, oh, yeah, you know, this is kind of rough, but it's going to be okay. Like, for me, it's like, oh, my God, I'm like, so inside of myself. And I'm like, yeah, everything's awful. It's never going to get better. But see, when I meet someone who's super positive, like you, I think, it's probably not that bad for her. Tell me what it's like for you when you have a panic or anxiety attack. For me personally, like, like you, like I have never been a positive person until I started like my school and started reading a lot of self-help books and doing stuff like that. Like this has been a process and I'm only positive. Like I am now because I have affirmations on my phone that come up every hour. Like I have to physically remind myself and it makes me really happy that people see me as a positive person person because I never was that person but my panic attacks are completely the opposite of this like I I lose it like completely I cannot I can't see vision out the window shaking physically like trying not to throw up like physically ill it's a my I feel like my heart's gonna give out or stop or whatever I've had to go to the hospital actually for panic attacks how long do they last for you times. like how, how long uh, the, like now that I'm on, I take Clonopin now. I, and the last one that I had was the other day about my surgery and it was about 15 minutes. This, okay. the, but usually like before my medication was working and when I was drinking and stuff, it was daily, probably hours. Like I would be sitting there just sobbing, like uncontrollably can't breathe, can't even focus to do my tapping or anything like that. Just completely break down for hours at a time in and out, in and out. It was like, it was like a part-time job basically at that point. It was it, seriously, uh, yeah. I should have got paid because it was, it was for like half of the day that I was awake. Oh, I just hit my knee. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you're just joining us or if you weren't aware, Austin had uh, surgery this week. She's got the robo leg and she's oh, yeah. like really gutting it out with a lot of pain and she's staying, um, that she's staying positive and uh she's just had been such an inspiration for me thank you for helping me this was just a way i'm winging it on this thing i was like screw it let's just do a podcast this afternoon impromptu one i almost said i called it talks over to me and almost called it a pop-up podcast but then i thought maybe the, the see i don't know we're in a boy we're in a house with all boys and i'm still like a teenage boy so i was like oh hey, geez, pop up and it says talks over to me and uh you know I, I, I'm just a kid. I, 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 oh. I think the teenage boy never really dies in. in Good. Youth. Keep it alive. <laughs> Honestly, like your inner child is your inner, you know, you need to keep that and nourish it your whole life and nurture that. Just keep it going. Like me, like I have those times where, you know, I have Bernie wherever he is, my sloth and stuff. And when I'm laying in my bed at night, I, I'm cuddling with Bernie watching TV. Where's Owl? We need Owl. Yeah, I just <laughs> realized, like, I didn't even like, I didn't even bring Owl. To the freaking episode, and I promised him. Right. I like I was like, "What are you doing, man?" Like, Neglecting him. Oh, shame on me. So yeah, get, can you oh. reach Bernie? Bernie the sloth. Here's Bernie. And I'll literally spirit like, animals here, people. If you just join yeah. the chat, we've been having the spirit animal conversation in one of our Instagram chats. 
this in my I have my baby blanket that I actually had to put in my closet for now because I have pillows everywhere around me but I literally will sit and cuddle with my blanket and Bernie and watch TV or watch a movie that I liked when I was a kid something like that and some sometimes that that, that helps a lot honestly get your favorite movie when you were a kid or your favorite show like I've been watching like Rugrats or Spongebob you know stuff like that stuff that makes Thank you, you feel good and sit there and cuddle with the blanket a nice blanket get a stuffed animal do something and you know it can really raise your mood up for me it makes me feel great yeah i think um we need to help aaron brainstorm so austin you think about that while i talk about this aaron asks uh what what should her spirit animal be because she's been trying to figure it out so last night about the stuffed animal stuff i thought a couple nights ago i went back and got out one of my <laughs> like from when i was 10 this little dog he's in the on the bed and I'm like, I'm a 42 year old man. I'm sleeping with my, my little dog that I named Fred. I named it Fred after the dog in Smokey and the Bandit, even though he's not a Basset Hound plush toy, but like, I still got Fred and Fred. I almost donated him a few months ago and like, I couldn't do it. I felt physically ill. I was like, I cannot get rid of Fred. So I kept it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll bust out walrus, which has got one. I mean, he's this bigger walrus that my big brother had got me. He's 20 years older than me. And so like he had got me that for me when, uh, I was little and he was like 25. And so, yeah, I grown man. I sleep with friggin stuffed animal just because yeah. I, there's something that you need to have to touch. To, I mean, I mean, Al's plastic, but you know, we, we've got kind of a spiritual connection or something. I don't know. Um, he's, he, yeah, he's got his own thing going on, but yeah, like it just, those, um, they have like these squishmallows, you know, like those, I think they're at Target and stuff, but people collect the hell out of those. And like, oh. so it's just refreshing just to give your inner child that little extra, like, yeah. it's safe kind of thing, you know? And I don't care if I sound ridiculous. I still sleep with a blanket that my mom got for my for my oh. hour with me. I don't care. <laughs> nope. One of my sober sisters that I was telling you about before that I'm on the daily text group with, she was just texting us about her, like, her blankie that she yeah. had gotten at and it had gotten torn and she was trying to figure out how to stitch it. And she said, can any of you help me stitch or sew or whatever, you know? And because um, it was, she was like, you know, this is so important to her. And I yep. totally get it. Like, you got to have those things. And here I am, like the old army guy, like I serve with like big, big, bad ranger dudes and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I sleep with my, I sleep with my, <laughs> with my plush toy. And I don't care. Because if it helps keep me sober, then it's going to help keep me sober. And if is I that- talk to an inanimate owl, then I will talk to an inanimate owl. I don't care whatever helps, you know, and I don't care. Yeah, I don't care how ridiculous I look like it's a comfort thing. And everybody regardless of what they what they say and what they how they want to be seen, everybody needs a comfort thing of some kind, it could be a journal, it could be a a book, it could be anything, you know, like it doesn't have to be a pink piggy stuffed animal. Like I have my slippers, like my bunny slippers, things like that. We need those little comfort things as human beings. It's just it's well, and how much I think, you know, I had mentioned this on Matt's podcast when he interviewed me about something about, all right, you know, described alcohol as my mistress. I was having this uh, love affair or I was having this affair with her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I and I had never thought of this before. But I said, even I said, I'm trying to drink 16 ounce, you know, uh, pint cans of monster now. Not so I still have the whoosh, so there's still yeah. that audible tactile thing. But then I said, it's even like I. Now that I think about it, it's even like I was kissing the can, like as, and I said, I don't yeah. think we're getting too Freudian with it, but like, it, it's, it's true. You got, there was something comforting about, and even for my dad with his cigarette addiction that, that ultimately killed mm-hmm. him, you know, it like the oral fixation, there's something to do with your I had that. Hand. But I didn't think about the, like the, the idea that I was like actually kissing the, the can, lots, lots of cans, lots of yeah. kisses, and that there was something probably beyond the dopamine that the alcohol produces but even just that that connection with something that was mm-hmm. pleasurable almost like like you, you're kissing all kissing someone you love it sounds weird yeah weird but i don't know no it's true okay hey maybe we can write yeah write a, you can write a paper on that there, yes there you go thank you who's, who's weird now i'm the weird one Matt's laughing in the chat. I'm glad. Matt, I'm so glad you're going to be, in your opinion. What do you, when you picture Aaron, who was on episode 10, by the way, if anybody wants yeah, there you go. Aaron's right. It, it was her wine glass was the thing that she held, and that's very common. Uh-huh. Like, lots of people that I, we've met through the Instagram community and on our app on the Reframe app talk about 
that mm -hmm. that wine glass when they were making dinner or whatever was very important to their their daily routine. So when you think Erin Austin, you saw episode ten and you know her from Elmer's yes. ER our Instagram group. What do you think spirit animal wise for Erin? I think like a some I don't know, something tells me like maybe like a like a like a wild horse or something. Not like, you know, something very strong and very um spirited I, you know what I yeah, mean I would I, I would second that because one of the best weeks of my, my life was spent on spring break in the best sober week of my life I did and and yeah this is perfect is you know <laughs> she's like well when we need to get out of the 120 degree heat we go up to you know they drive up to Big Bear or they go up in the mountains or whatever right um but the, the West and, and the beauty that's there. I went to one of the more remote places on the lower 48 for my spring break of my senior year of college. I was like, I don't want to go to Panama Beach and get drunk with all my friends. Like, I'd done enough yeah. drinking. And I was like, I want to do something. So I flew out to Reno, and they came and picked me up from this place called Soldier Meadows Ranch. I need to go. And, oh, God, Brittany just joined. Brittany, what's up? So I flew out <laughs> to, sober, to, um, to spend this sober week with an old cowpoke named Mac. He was a Marine Vietnam veteran. And since my dad had passed away a few years before that, it was kind of like I was riding horses around with my dad. And this was in mm -hmm. March of 2002. And so we knew like, this is when I would have been, gosh, I would have been doing that when Operation Anaconda was going on in Afghanistan. And I knew I was gonna commission as an infantry officer in a couple months. And I was gonna go probably to Iraq or Afghanistan. And I went to both. Um, and you know, within a year I was in Iraq as an infantry officer. And later on in Afghanistan as a chaplain. Anyway, I rode horses for a few days with Mac on these windswept, beautiful high desert uh, plains of northwestern Nevada. It's like north of the Black Rock Desert. And it was in mm. this valley. They were this ranch that this family, they were this wonderful Mormon family. And they had a 16-year-old son named Sam who was just the, the nicest yes. kid. And Sam and I went out and we like rode around in this beat up old truck and we're shooting at coyotes and stuff. I mean, it was crazy. So I rode around with Mac for a week and was sober and experienced this beautiful thing, like crawled in an old mine and stuff. And I don't oh, know wow. how I telling this story, except just, it was a great memory. And I was tying it. That's what it was. I was tying it back to Palm Desert for Aaron. And we would see, Mac would say, hey, put your glasses out. He would have me get my, my binoculars up and we'd be coming out of a high like area, a ridge line and coming down and we would be looking across this valley. And because of that time of year in March, they were out looking for the, um, the, the lost heads in their, in their herd, like their herd of cattle was over in Northern California. And so, um, cause they were pretty close to the border, but they were looking for like this 20 head of cattle that, that, mm -hmm. years that they had lost or whatever. So we're riding around and really just enjoying this quiet. And I mean, it's just like your classic Wild West experience. I mean, I had this one where I told my Dream. horse, to get, I was like, get up. And this was a, a Mustang, I think that had been broken. And I'm riding it and I got, I get up and I was like, and I took off my cowboy hat. I was like, <laughs> I was all by myself. It was amazing, great experience. You need to do this if you've That's never a done a Wild West thing. And so Mac and I rode around and this makes me think of Aaron because we got within a stone's throw of wild Mustangs. Like they were, they would look up, like we would kind of like creep up on them and they would just, their ears would perk up and look at us. And we just sat and looked at, I mean, like from me, I mean, within literally within a, a 60 to a hundred feet of, of Mustangs. That was a long ass story to talk about, but it's just no, that's such a dream. make a sober decision when you, when you choose to do something cultural, you might have an experience that you never expected. And let me tell you, I remember a hell of a lot more of that week. And that's just a couple of memories from that week that were these, they're still vivid for me, as opposed to my drunk out, my drunk ass blackout drunk 21st yeah. birthday party, where we did the, you know, the shuffle, the bar shuffle, oh, yeah. I blacked out on my 16th bar. So, you know, all right, that was a long My 21st story. birthday was a high ass mess. Sorry, I have to, I'm opening a package. <laughs> oh, good. If, if you're oh. just joining us, Sober Nugo, welcome. I love that handle, by the way. And, um. Like, so we're talking about spirit animals. This is Al K. Halfrey. He is my, uh, my spirit animal for sobriety. And um, that is Bernie the Sloth, which is yes. Austin's 
and, and Aaron, who is sober in California down in Palm Desert, was just asking, what should mine be? Because we know her from our Instagram chat. And she was a guest on my podcast on episode number 10, where I talked to some Gen X ladies about getting sober. And so we were telling her, like something about like wild horses, maybe Mustangs or something yeah. from, cause she's out in Palm Desert, you know, out, out in the wild. Wild West, I can definitely see that. That's like, oh yeah. Totally. All right, we got about 10 more minutes before our reframe call when I'm gonna have to bounce and I'm assuming, are you gonna hop over there? Yeah, uh, I am. Yeah. I'm actually so gonna hop we'll give off a quick... I need to go to the bathroom before that and that's a 10 minute uh, Oh gosh. Okay, well, then to my bathroom. <laughs> hop off. So, Sober in Boston, who is Brittany, she was my episode number three, four, four guest, episode number four, whatever episode was, Brittany Ginsburg from Boston. Uh, she is my sober sis for life. She says, I want to know more about your army experience and what that did to your drinking. Was it bad before? So um, Matt actually asked me that uh, on the podcast. Again, if you're just uh, tuning in and sorry for those of you who've been listening to this podcast version, but it bears repeating. Uh, like Matt Gardner's podcast, Beyond Recovery. I was his second guest a couple days ago. And um, he asked me a similar question. He said, you know, what was it like for you? Did, were, did you feel like you were living a dual life uh, in your drinking? And I said, you know, really throughout my 20s, the army and then becoming a chaplain kind of kept me grounded and kept me from, kept the, the drinking from getting beyond the one to two uh, slipping point where I, for me, three to four is the slippery slope. Like that's where it, once I, once I pass two uh, and really now I know it's just one but you know one to two would usually looking back on my drinking career and the ebbs and flows of it uh, when I went past two in a day uh, more than two a day for a couple times a week and I, and I kind of kept it the reins on it when I was in the army because I was serving in these elite assignments and I needed to um, kind of keep my crap together um, hey Tina thanks for joining the chat and so um tina i'm just talking about my my army uh time drinking so i i kept it under control while i was in the active duty army when i got out when i left the chaplaincy and became a civilian uh five years ago this week actually was my last national guard drill weekend uh i was working as an assistant store manager at lowe's crazy hours and just I was like taking it my PTSD brain was really treating that experience like as though it were combat like for me fridges that, that didn't come in on the truck were like oh my god like this is life or death because some lady's pissed off that her you know custom cabinets didn't come in uh, as promised or some crap and I'm waking up in the middle of the night thinking about this crap um, and not realizing like what a mess I am uh, because of the army because of all the life and death stuff that I had done for so long and so to answer your question, uh, Brittany, I would say the Army experience sort of laid the foundation that drinking is an okay and an acceptable way to deal with stress. Uh, the Army is saturated with alcohol, just like, uh, just like corporate America or any other, you know, almost every other organizational endeavor. Um, but, you know, drinking is kind of a, a pastime of soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines, and Coast Guard men and women who um, deal with real world stuff and uh, are trying to find an acceptable real world way to deal with it. And so um, I wish that um, I wish that I would have uh, got well, I don't know, I did self refer uh, right after I got out of the National Guard five years ago, uh, it, about a month later, because I was having those sleeping problems. I did self refer to the VA to mental health and uh, which was a long walk down that hall. And I remember being ashamed, but I was like, I was a chaplain. I used to tell people there's no shame in this. So I knew I had to do it myself. Um, and I was trying to, I joined a gym and I was trying to do the right things. But over time, it, you know, one to two became three to four, uh, became five to six every once in a while. And, you know, it's just, it's a slippery slope for me to justifying, you know, having more. Uh, but the Army really kind of laid a foundation for me of social acceptance for drinking as a way to cope with your, to, to cope with things and really to kick the can down the road. And I remember having a conversation in one of the, in my last assignment on active duty with a guy who was in a very uh, important assignment and had spent his entire career in this, in this special operations unit. And he called me one night and was like, he's like, when, when I go overseas, he'd been on like 15 deployments and uh, since 9-11, back and forth, back and forth, shorter deployments, but that almost made it worse. And he's like, I can, I can get off the plane in Afghanistan and not have a drink for the months that I'm there. And then as soon as I get back, I'm drunk, you know, and he would keep it together because he had to for his soldiers. Uh, but, you know, I remember telling him, like, 
you know, you got to make a decision. This is either going to be, you're going to lose your, your, the prestige of your position and your career, or you're going to lose the prestige of your position and career and your family. So you have to choose, uh, you have to choose which route you want to go because you're at a place where it's bad enough. And, you know, little did I know within a few years, that was going to be me. I came right off active duty and went straight into a command assignment. I reverted back to being an infantry officer. And on first day, my uh, my battalion commander asked me like, hey, when do you want to take command? And I said, sir, I uh, I haven't been an infantry officer for like nine years. And uh, I haven't been to the captain's course that you're supposed to go to before you take command. And oh, by the way, a week ago, I was a chaplain. And he was like, well, that's great. When do you want to take command? Because he knew that I had a ranger tab and I had just come from a special operations assignment. And he didn't care that I had just been a chaplain. He cared that I had a ranger tab on my shoulder and that, um, you know, I was going to be a good leader in that unit. And so of course I said, yes. And of course, a month after taking command was like, Hey, we're going to the middle East for a deployment. But it was a, it was a, a military police type deployment where we were just going to be gate guards basically for a special operations combat, which is a very important job, but we were not going to be going into really a combat assignment. And I ended up relinquishing command, which is something that no officer uh, or ranger or leader is supposed to do. You're not supposed to quit. Rangers are not supposed to, you know, Rangers are supposed to fight on to be objective and even if they're the lone survivor. But I realized that I was in the same place that that guy that I had talked to in that elite assignment had been. And just a couple of years later, here I was having to do the same thing that I told this guy to do. And to his credit, he had called uh, the sergeant major and said, yep, uh, you know, I need, I need help. And the uh, army got him off to some inpatient treatment to help him save uh, you know, to salvage his career and his family. So he was able to keep both. But yeah, uh, Brittany, thank you for asking about it. And I'm looking forward to being interviewed, by the way, by Brittany. And I'm going to have to go here in a couple minutes because we've got our daily Zoom call for the Reframe app. But um, Brittany's going to interview me, I think, sometime next week about more of the veteran stuff. So again, uh, thank you to my um, podcast past and present and future people for joining in. Thank you to Austin for jumping on uh for the majority of this call that this first experimental talks over to me impromptu pop-up podcast in the afternoon thank you to the uh couple dozen of you that have come and gone through this podcast and to the folks who are going to listen to this it's been a great episode 10 and a half thank you all for joining me much love to you shout out to my reframe family and if you are looking for an app i'm not a paid influencer there are many apps to choose from. Find one that works for you. The one that's worked for a lot of us that have been on this call is called Reframe App. And on Instagram, it's Reframe underscore app. And um, it's kind of a different way of approaching sobriety. And it gives you some options and asks you to look at sobriety in, in maybe a different way. It's been very helpful for me. But regardless of what you do, just do something. Try something. Al says, try something. Try it. Just give it a shot. And even if you just stop drinking today, even if you just say, I'm just going to not drink today, that's a step in the right direction. Much love to you all. Al and I say goodbye alcohol and hello life. And we will see you on episode 11, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time for part two of the ladies roundtable on sobriety, uh, which will be focused on millennial ladies this time. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Much love and peace.